Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. Praise God, we're here together, fired up in the Lord, uh, to hear our brother come preach the word to us tonight, Michael. Uh, Michael and Tachi, Michael and Tachi, many of you know, uh, you've gone to Brazil, have gone to Novo Hamburger, at this place, Novo Hamburger, uh, as it's called. Of course, we know and realize that because of being able to say that name, Tim actually named that city a different thing. So the first time they went to Novo Hamburger on the church thing, he said, welcome to whatever that place is called, okay, since he wasn't able to say that name. But I've known Michael since a long time ago, since uh, in 2005 we moved there, but in 2000, 2002 we were also through there and always heard of him. And from the first day I met him, he's definitely certain a person that's been on fire for the Lord, always. And I uh, heard lots of stories of how he came to the Lord, how he was at the beach during the summertime, which would be at this time of the year right there. Heard some people singing, went over to hear about the singing and started studying the Bible with them. And through that time, became, gave his life to the Lord. And we were thankful for that. Then also, I had the privilege of meeting Tachi while they were still single also, seeing her give her life to the Lord as well. And uh, there she is back there, uh, giving her life to the Lord as well. A great and awesome time. I remember I was going to eat at George's Pastes afterwards at a restaurant. We stayed there for about three or four hours with other people talking, enjoying that new life in Christ and being with each other. But what I want to say about Michael and Tachi, uh, before he comes to preach to us tonight also, in Romans chapter 16, verse 3, it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila. My co-workers in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me, not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Michael and Tachi are a family. Aquila, Priscilla, Priscilla, Aquila, you always hear them together. Michael and Tachi, never just one. And wherever they go, they've been an encouragement. Wherever they go, they enjoy uh, life. They enjoy our Lord. And there's nobody better than I believe I've ever been at, at retreats and things to do activities where the activities they have, each and every one planned, designed to help us grow closer to the Lord also while enjoying our time together as well. But also a few years ago at one of these retreats, Michael and Tachi and I were, and Zhu and I were sitting in the front of, at the retreat place and they said, you know what, Mark, we have an opportunity to, to go to the States to, to study the Bible, to go to Harding. What do you think about that? I said, go for it. <laughs> okay, go for it. Let's pray about it and go for it and, and, and go, go about it and see what the Lord is going to do. And the Lord blessed them, allowed them to be here and to be here with us tonight. But I also want you to know that, as someone talked earlier, you know, going back to school after a little bit older, Mike was saying this afternoon, you know, Mark, I'm a little bit older now, so I have to study a little bit harder. But they're doing great and uh, very thankful for the decision that they made to have this opportunity to study, to continue to want to do mission work after their studies at Harding as well. We love them very much. As you can tell, I must like them a lot because I'm talking a lot about them, <laughs> okay? Uh, knowing about them as well. And there was something for sure else I was going to say, but I can't remember right now. But we are very thankful for Mike and Ntachi. And just as this verse says here, uh, you know, the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. The churches in Hill Ground Judas are grateful for Michael and Tachi. Whenever you say their names, people are happy, joyful, and 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 the work that they've done in the church in Novo Hamburgo uh, with Let's Start Talking and other programs to reach people for Christ is admirable. They 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 okay, I, I now I remember what I was gonna say, you know. But they wanna and they're always concerned, always talking about the churches in Brazil. 
keeping them in their prayers and their prayer requests. But when they came here also, they gave everything that they had there to come here. Uh, sold their land, sold their house where they, where they were going to have the land and everything to be able to have the opportunity and the means and the funds to be here. Also searching for help and support and praise God that Dangerfield came around in this area to help them also. They're your missionary partners just as much as you have been ours all these years. And this time, let's pray. And Micah, you can preach the word to us. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you tonight. We thank you so much for your great love, Lord. We thank you so much that we have this bond through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. The blood that covers us, that gives us the opportunity to call each other brother and sister in Christ. To have you as our father, our loving father. Our father who disciplines for our bet, uh, for, our, for our encouragement, for, our, for us to grow, to mature, to be more like you, Lord. May we continue to humbly accept your will in our lives each and every day. Thank you for Mike and Tachi being here with us, Lord. Ask you to bless Mike in this time in his preaching the word to us. May you be exalted. May you be praised in all that he says and does, Lord, as I know he will do to exalt you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that throughout this week, this new year, new opportunities that we think of, that we may continue to lift you up. Pray, Lord, that you be with the youth retreat this weekend coming up. May each and every youth and each and every soul that will be there, Lord, be edified, and may each and every one of us grow in you and grow in our relationship with each other. Thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity we have to be called church family, and thank you so much for this opportunity now tonight that we'll have together in fellowship with one another to hear our brother Micah preach the word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Preach the word. <laughs> Keep fired up. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Good evening, church. So, first of all, let me say uh, that it's always a huge. Uh, we we always feel so happy and blessed, Tachi and I, when we get when we have a chance to be here with you. Uh, I was telling Mark and Jude today, you guys make us feel very special, very loved, and uh, you are a family to us, and we are always very uh, glad when we have a chance to be here. So uh, this morning, a uh, team came to me and he said, hey, would you like to preach tonight? And I thought, hey, how can I say no to that, right? But at the same time, he kind of put me on a hot spot, right? I did not have much time to, to prepare, but, but, when, when, but when he said that, and, and especially we're thinking about this time of the year, you know, that it's the new year, is just around the corner, 2017 is is coming to an end, and 2018 will be here in just a few hours. Uh, we can't help but think of, you know, uh, being thankful for the past year and having making several New Year's uh, resolutions for, for the new year. But I didn't want to go there, uh, especially also because team mentioned uh, such things this morning. And I remember that a few months ago, I put together uh, a reflection paper for one of my classes, and I thought, hey, I think this would be a great, uh, a great message. It would be very appropriate for this time of the year. So I quickly turned that into, into a sermon, and this is what I, what I think would be very, uh, very interesting for us all uh, to hear. So, uh, and it will be a great follow-up to the team's message this morning. You know, the title is Just Do It, just as he... As he mentioned, the Nike uh, slogan uh, this morning. Um, so let me start now by, by talking about uh, sports, okay? I know that Texans love sports, okay? I'm sure that here we have a few people that love baseball, a few others that love basketball. 
but all of you like football, right? That's a fact. Just that in Brazil, everybody likes soccer. Last year, when the Dangerfield team went to Brazil, when they, and they visited the churches in southern Brazil, um, when they went to Novo Hamburgo, I put together a list of 10 things that our home state, Rio Grande do Sul and Texas, have in common. So we, we all love barbecue, right? We love, uh, we have the fields and uh, the weather is kind of similar. We are so proud of being Texans. Uh, you guys are so proud of being Texans. We're very proud of being gaúchos. And, and then thinking about sports, I think we can add one more to that list, which is y'all's love for football and our love for what we call football, right? But the difference is that our football, you guys call soccer, and our ball is round, while yours looks more like an egg, okay? <laughs> but let's not go so deep into that. I don't want all the football fans to be angry at me. Okay, so let's imagine that the church is a stadium, okay? And we're going to, to church just as we're going to the stadium as fans, as supporters of whatever sport we like, okay? Let's see the first picture. So when you go to the stadium, are you, are, are you like these guys over here? That they're there, but they're just physically present. Clearly, their hearts and their minds are not there. Maybe you are like these guys. Uh, they're cheering up the team. They're supporting. They're, they're enthusiastic. Okay? They are there. You know, they are part of the game. And maybe you are like this third group, the group, you see, Texas A&M, right? I asked, I asked um, Mark this afternoon, what's, what would be a good football team to, to show, you know, a church tonight? And he said, hey, you could do either the Dallas Cowboys or the Texas A&M. So I, I hope I, I'm pleasing most of you. Or are you, are you like uh, these guys over here that they are there, you know, on the field, really being active and playing and supporting the team, okay? Um, we're going to read now our passage, uh, which is going to be from James, uh, chapter 1, verses 22 uh, through 25. Uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So James it speaks about the role of, God in, uh, of God's word in our lives. He does it in, uh, how, how does it work in your life? Is it all powerful? Does it change your life? Does it have authority? When the word of God says, do this, do you do it? And if it says, do not do this, do you stop doing it? What kind of people are you? when you come to church Sunday morning when it's really cold, just like it was this morning. Are you like this guy? <laughs> I 
like this guy. So uh, when we go to when we go to church on Sunday, uh, the most important thing is not how we enter, but rather how we leave the building. Uh, will we still remember the sermon? Will we be transformed by its message? Unfortunately, many times uh, our hearts and minds are not listening, and this does not only happen at church during the sermon, but whenever the Lord tries to speak to us. In the passage that we just read, James divides us into two groups, the listeners and the doers. And we must decide which group we are in. His verses make, make it clear that we need to be more than mere listeners. We can easily draw a parallel with the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. This uh, picture uh, was taken in, in Israel on a trip that I had the blessing to go to uh, this past May uh, with Harding. Uh, when we were walking around Jerusalem, uh, we walked on this, on this trail, and when, the moment I saw it, I thought, I thought hey, this just, I, I, I think this just looks like what Jesus had in mind when he was speaking about the parable of the sower. It's a, it's a rocky road, very dry, but even then, even there, life comes to be. You still have plants that develop there. So Matthew chapter 13, starting verse, verse 3. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's jump to verse 18 now, uh, where Jesus will explain the parable. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but, he, but the cares of the world and the deceit, deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it and understands it. 
He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. There are different groups of listeners at church every Sunday. The first group of listeners are those that do not prepare well uh, for Sunday morning. They do many different things on Saturday and go to bed late. The next morning, they are tired and sleepy and can barely pay attention to the sermon. The second group of people prepare well for Sunday worship. They go to bed early on Saturday and they are full of energy and motivation to go to church. However, they listen to the sermon but have a hard time concentrating because they do not understand what they hear. They think the message has nothing to do with their lives. The third group of listeners, just like the second one, prepares well for church on Sunday. They listen to the preacher, but they close their hearts because the text is well connected with their lives. The word of God speaks of their sin, and hearing that, their hearts harden. They are angry and rebellious because they do not want to have their lives transformed. In verses 23 and 24 of our passage in James, he uses a metaphor to open the eyes of those who are not taking action and are oblivious to the message of the gospel. So he says there, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. To understand this, we have to know that a mirror in the time of Jesus was very different than the kinds of mirrors that we have nowadays. See the first picture. So when we look at a, at a mirror nowadays, we see a perfect, crystal clear, high definition reflection of ourselves. But at Jesus' time, glass was practically inexistent and mirrors were made of polished gold, mad, uh, silver, or iron. The quality of these mirrors was way worse than the ones we have today. Those who wanted to look at themselves uh, had to do it closely and pay a lot of attention. They had to do it carefully. Not for a moment, but for a long time. It was a very different experience than the common, banal thing uh, that it is for us nowadays. Um, have you noticed uh, that everybody, especially women, when they look at themselves in the mirror, they always look for something to be fixed. Their hair, makeup, the clothes. Have you ever seen a woman looking at herself in their mirror and not changing anything? I haven't. Anybody who looks at their own reflection in the mirror and leaves without doing something, soon forgetting uh, his, their appearance, did not see anything at all. So it is with the man who hears the word of God and does nothing. He listened but understood nothing. For he who pays attention to God's word will discover his personal shortcomings and will realize that he is a sinner. He will know that there are many wrinkles in his life. 
He must then repent and change his appearance. This is how the word of God works. Uh, James uh, uh, speaks of it as the new law, the perfect law of liberty. This means that the word of God comes to us with, with authority. What happens to a soldier when he does not follow his superior's orders? He must listen and obey. The same thing applies to us. We must keep God's word and as it teaches us that we should repent and change our lives. Be therefore doers of the word, says James. Jesus spoke in the same way in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 24 through 27. Uh, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and do not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, back to the parable of the sower. Just as the good soil, we too must receive the word of God with fertile hearts. This way, the seed will grow and bear fruit. It will produce 30, 60, or 100 times more. We must listen to God's word, accept it, and keep it in our hearts. We must meditate on what we hear and apply it in our lives by practicing what we hear. And to close with, I would like to take a look with you at Psalm 1. Another reference to Tim's message this morning. So Psalm 1 talks about the tree that was planted by streams of water and that gives its fruit in its time. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The man in Psalm 1 is not like the man who looked at himself in the mirror and forgot everything. The man in Psalm 1 loves the law of the Lord. He delights and meditates on it day and night. He is a listener, but also a doer. He loves the law, and because of it, he is fruitful and does many good works. So 
for 2018, let's not be mere listeners, but also doers of the word of God. Thank you so much.